Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What is up, everyone? It's me, the Pokemon Cave. Today, we have a wide range of topics, starting with the 10 most expensive Pokemon energy cards. Now, typically, energy cards are pretty useless. They're literally pennies they're they come in everything literally so i mean they're useless however there are some quite expensive ones but they're easily obtainable as far as price wise goes you see most of them these more expensive ones are world championship attendee cards followed by secret energy uh then the more recent golden pokemon favored by the players who don't mind spending a little bit extra on their decks than the hollow energy cards and then other promos. So you can get more expensive rare and graded cards at auctions. For example, a first edition nine grass energy that would set you back $17,971. However, we're sticking to cards that you can easily buy online for this story. So the first one, the most expensive that they chose was the Cuddleless Energy 90 out of 108 Staff Edition North American Championship. Number two is the Double Cuddleless Energy, again, 90 out of 108 for the Oceana Championship. That was uh, $95 for the second one and $148.95 for the first. Number three is Darkness Energy, Call of Legends, $92.44. Four was Special Darkness Energy, 93 out of 109, Player Reward for $73.49. Number five is the Psychic Energy, 92 out of 95, for the Play Pokemon promo for $58.18. Psychic Energy Call of Legends came in at number six for $55.99. Darkness Energy, 94 out of 95, for the Play Pro. Play Pokemon promo, sorry, was $51.29. Water Energy from Call of Legends was $50.66. Fairy Energy, Secret from the Sun and Moon Burning Shadows, was $50.06. And finally, the Water Energy 90 out of 95 Play Pokemon promo was $38.02. Now, these prices all come from TCGplayer.com. Next up, another Pokemon proposal, but this time with a custom Pokeball. Now, of course, finding someone who's into Pokemon just as much as you are can sometimes be a little difficult. Now, of course, love has blossomed many times among the Pokemon fanbase, which has resulted in the Pokemon weddings to the point where Pokemon Company even licensed out engagement rings for players to use. Now, of course, this hasn't stopped fans from creating their own Pokemon-themed wedding items. A user on the Pokemon Reddit has shared the custom-made items they use to propose to their partner. These include a crocheted Pikachu plush and an openable Pokeball used to contain the engagement ring in its box. Didn't take long for other users in the thread to start throwing Pokemon references around. 
Some of the comments in the Reddit post were, well, that's one really good way to propose, but remember, do not accidentally release your fiance into the wild. You will likely regret it. Another replied with, gotcha, fiance was caught. <laughs> the only criticism from the other users was that the OP didn't use a Pokemon-themed ring. Now, of course, the Pokemon company has made official Pokemon wedding rings in the past for those with a partner who doesn't mind having a little Pokemon clinging to their finger for the rest of their married life. Then again, the prices for official Pokemon wedding items are through the roof, especially with many of them being Japan exclusive. So maybe the situation wouldn't have been improved by a Master Ball ring. But rest assured, the OP did confirm that their partner did in fact say yes. Up next, an incredible TCG collection and a really cool way to display it. A Reddit user by the name of Kirkwood1994 shared their wife's impressive collection of Pokemon cards on the gaming subreddit. The astonishing framed set features a copy of every single member of the Pokemon's original 151, including a copy of the fabled Charizard. Now, the Pokemon fan topped off the collection with a copy of each of the game's original energy cards and multiple different card backs. The fan's impressive display even featured both cartilages and boxed copies of the first gen of Pokemon games. Now, of course, the stunning collection of classic Pokemon cards saw many fans in the replies of the post praising the stylist collection. Some commented on the Charizard included within the set, confirming that it was not a shadowless printing of the card like many of the highest value cards. The user also shared the curious way they acquired the set, Purchasing the set on Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> wow, with neither the user or their wife collecting the cards previously, one fan did point out, however, that not all the included cards could be from the game's base set, with some Pokemon like Slowbro not receiving a base set printing, obviously. But, of course, it is part of the original 151, right? So, it's not necessarily a base set collection, it's a quote-unquote base set collection. It's the original 151 base. I think it would be really cool to have this in my set at some point, possibly. I mean, currently right now I'm working on the original base set, the actual 102 base set. Uh, currently I have Alakazam done. He's been purchased. He's en route. Next is Blastoise. Um, Cave Collectibles in Aurelia is hooking me up with that one most likely uh, for a pretty decent price and then so on and so forth I mean we're, we're going to get there now how do I want to display these well they're not going to be uh, I'm see I've been weighing pros and cons on that at first I want to display them proudly so then anybody who walks through the house can see it or at least who walks through the basement can see it however at the same time I want to preserve them properly for my kids so that being said, have them in top loaders with sleeves and then inside of a, like a graded case kind of thing. You know, one of those hardcover plastic cases uh, designed for usually graded cards or whatever with the, the styrofoam inserts. That way, you know, they're sealed, they're out of direct sunlight, they're in sleeves and top loaders, they're not going to do anything funky. And when my kids get old enough, then they can do whatever they want with them. That's their gift. Next, a TCG player shows off a decades-old rare Mew, but with a unique twist that 
he kept in his collection. Most Pokemon players dream of finding an old TCG collectible tucked away somewhere, hopefully worth enough to buy a small yacht or maybe just enough to buy some more Pokemon cards. Honestly, alongside the many foil Charizards in the world or full art Ombreons, <laughs> there are quite a few unique rare cards often to commemorate special events or occasions. So you can imagine how lucky you might be to find a legendary Pokemon made for a special occasion and one lucky TCG fan has shared their rare item. Plus, other fans are going wild for the novel item. The TCG collector, Pretty Feed 1252 has shared on Reddit, proudly displaying a shiny Mew encased in plastic as part of a commemorative Wizards of the Coast staff bonus. They shared the message, purchased this like 10 years ago, anyone ever seen anything like it? Text on the unique plaque reads, in, in appreciation of the support from CWS Retail in making 2000 a record-breaking year for Wizards of the Coast trading card games. Clearly, this is an incredibly rare item, only offered to Wizards of the Coast staff over 20 years ago. Other fans share amazement in the comments, especially at the pack's choice of Comic Sans as its font. With one person adding, I would argue that this is actually a good use of that font. Another person commented saying, holy smokes, there was only ever 20 of these made. It's super expensive as a collector's item. Good stuff. Before a different fan added, Comic Sans MS hits just a little bit different, eh? Well, we don't think fans would appreciate it if every card used Comic Sans. This collector is surely grateful for the unique purchase, font and all. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And finally... 10 Kanto Pokemon with the wrong typing. Hmm, do you agree with these? Let me know. I'm going to have this posted on a story and actually as a post on Instagram the day that this podcast comes out on February 5th. Let me know. What do you think? So, number 10, Electrode. It should be an electric dark type. Its ambush tactics are a classic dark type strategy. Now, of course, the purpose between, behind sorry, Voltorb and Electro's design is pretty obvious. They're mimics. A mimic is a type of monster that looks like treasure, but attacks the player when they try to collect it, often in a weakened state. While less straightforward than other types, the dark type is all about this underhanded way of fighting and is sometimes considered the evil type. Now, of course, what's more evil than attacking a weakened trainer just when they think they found a potion? However, Electrode has no way to learn Dark Tart moves through leveling or TMs. 
For that reason, this suggestion is probably the weakest on the list. Number 9, Dodrio, the triple bird Pokemon. It should be a normal ground type. And why can a Pokemon who's based on a flightless bird know how to fly? That's kind of strange. Dodrio is evidence that flying should more accurately be called the bird type. Because let's face it, what does slapping someone with a wing involve flying? If we were to go just off of Dodrio's dex entries, it's easy to assume that it can't even fly. Instead, they focus on how fast it can run, up to 40 miles per hour. Not to mention that Dodrio is clearly based on ostriches, which are flightless birds. While Dodrio can learn fly, it makes much more sense to have this Pokemon be a ground type to emphasize its ability, inability sorry, to fly. Game Freak should either show us Dodrio's flying animation or admit their mistake and change its typing. Number 8 is Coyster. It should be a water rock type, not a ice type. When imagining an ice type Pokemon, what animals make the most sense for them? Mammoth? Penguins? How about clam? The last one clearly being the odd one out. It seems Game Freak finished the game and realized, ah oh, crap, we only have three ice types and decided retroactively to make Coyster into one. Nothing in its design suggests its mastery over cold. Its Pokedex, Pokedex entry only mentions its ability to shoot spikes as a self-defense. While implied to be ice from its move pool, it could easily be anything else. So why not make it part of rock type? After all, its shell is as, quote, hard as diamonds. And a rock type would make sense for a Pokemon so focused on defense. Number seven is Golem. It should be a pure rock type. Not every rock type needs to be a ground type. Kanto had an interesting perception of the rock type. It was different from the ground type, but there was a significant amount of an overlap. However, while there were several pure ground types, there were no pure rock types. They were all given the ground type as well. While this makes sense for Onyx and Rhydon, as they emphasize digging, Golem's type is a real head-scratcher. Golem's dex entry all emphasizes its boulder-like body, and thus its rock typing. Now, considering Golem is probably one of the first Pokemon players to think of when they talk about rock types, it just makes sense to keep it a simple type. Number six is Arbok. It should be a poison dark type. Its fierce appearance isn't just for show. Arbok has repeatedly gotten the short end of the stick in comparison to its partner, Weezing. It's never gotten a regional form and it's easily forgotten when it really shouldn't be. A major point of its design isn't its poisonous abilities, but rather the intimidating pattern on its hood. This pattern is so frightening that it can paralyze its foes before crushing them, backed up by its ability to learn glare. This almost seems like cheating, doesn't it? Like, in a way, a dark type would? Hmm. While the newest gen may choose to ignore this amazing Pokemon design, given it the dark type would make it a little more interesting and do its intimidating justice design. Number 5, Weezing. Should be a poison flying type. The air pollution Pokemon belongs in the sky. Now, Weezing is meant to represent air pollution, and is essentially three balloons filled with poisonous gas. Upon first encountering this Pokemon, one might assume it is immune to ground type, such as Earthquake, but instead of the move being super effective. Because it's off the ground, this assumption would be correct, but for the wrong reason. Weezing has the ability Levitate, which, which gives them the immunity to ground type moves. 
One could argue that it doesn't fly so much as float, but that could just as easily apply to Drift Bloom, a flying ghost type. Adding the flying type seems only fair to the Pokemon meant to represent the polluted sky. Number four is Porygon. It should be electric type. There's nothing normal about being made of data. Normal is often meant for Pokemon that don't fall into other types. This usually means that basic animals like rats, bears, cows are normal types. However, even normal Pokemon can be a bit weird periodically like Ditto for example. Even then, Porygon is almost in a category of its own. Said to be the first artificial created Pokemon, this little guy can travel into cyberspace. Does that seem like a normal thing to do? <laughs> I don't think so. If anything, that seems similar to the ability of Rotom, a electric type. Clearly, Porygon does not belong in the other category when its association with computers and technology it would make more perfect sense as a electric type. Number three is Ninetales. Should be a fire ghost type. It has a mythical power behind its fire typing. A powerful fire type Pokemon on any team. Ninetales received a regional form in Gen 7, a ice fairy type. While this variant is absolutely beautiful, it makes the original look a little lackluster in comparison. However, looking at its dex entry, it shouldn't be the case. Each tail is described as having a unique mythical power, and if someone grabs one of its tails, they'll become cursed for a thousand years. That doesn't really sound like a fire type, does it? Instead, it sounds more like a ghost type. Well, additionally, curse is a ghost type move. Not only would this make Ninetales a more interesting Pokemon, but it also brings it up to par with its regional variant. Number two is my good old buddy Gengar. Should be a ghost dark type. Yes, ghost dark, thank God. It outgrows its poison typing for something more sinister. While previously the dark type was interpreted as being evil, a few Pokemon wield this type literally and control darkness itself, such as Darkrai. Now Gengar is one of these Pokemon. Not only is it called the Shadow Pokemon and looks like a silhouette, but all of its dex entries mention it hiding in or pretending to be people's shadows. Hidden from view, it either steals their life force or scares or curses them, such as a sinister and mischievous nature would much better be represented by the dark type. While Ghastly is clearly a poison type, Gengar, Gengar has evolved past that. And finally, number one is Golduck. Should be a water psychic type. Obviously, it should definitely be a psychic type. I mean, it has a ton of psychic ability. And it evolves from Psyduck, who... Well, I mean, come on. He unleashes his psychic ability from a freaking migraine. So, of course... Psyduck probably has one of the most disappointing evolutions in all of Pokemon. It starts off as a little guy with a psychic powers it can't control and accidentally gives himself a headache. One would assume that upon evolving, it would master its psychotic abilities and become a more powerful Pokemon. Instead, it becomes a duck that can swim quickly. Literally, that's it. Just a duck that swims quickly. A few entries do occasionally acknowledge its supernatural powers, uh, Pokemon Sun states that the red part of its head grants its bearer psychic powers, 
so why shouldn't that apply to Duck Pokemon themselves? Golduck, one of the most recognizable Pokemon from Gen 1, deserves more than a forgettable evolution and a bland typing. And on that note, I say have a good week, everyone. And I will see you again next week for another brand new episode of Pokemon Cave right before Valentine's Day. Take care, everyone. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.